This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 336, The Periodic Table of Abundance, Part 7, Financial Independence and the Magic of Collateralization. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hello and welcome back to our podcast. If you've been keeping up with us the last few weeks, you know we are rounding third and heading to home on our eight-part mini-series, The Periodic Table of Financial Abundance. Now, many of you have asked for a written copy of everything we've been describing here, and I'm happy to announce that I've written a special report that gives a high-level overview of this periodic table and can help you in taking action steps toward a better financial future. Just reach out to us if you'd like a copy. Simply go to notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com, click on Request a Meeting uh, to have a 15-minute phone strategy session where we can get to know you and get you the report, and also implement an action plan that helps improve the elements in your financial life that you feel like you need some attention on in your periodic table. So again, that's notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com, and click on Request a Meeting. Put in the notes of the appointment that you'd like the Periodic Table of Financial Abundance Report, and I'll know what to send you. So, in this episode, we'll be talking about the next two elements in the financial universe, the concept of financial independence and what it allows you to do and who you have to become in order to achieve it. And then secondly, our second element is we're going to be talking about the power of collateralization in your financial life focusing on the power of using collateral in proper ways and specifically using the bank on yourself strategy for the best source of collateralization that I believe exists in the world. So we will be speaking specifically about how you can use this concept of collateralization to improve your financial life, both in terms of making smart investment choices as well as your regular run-of-the-mill major purchases you got to make in life, cars, colleges, and more. So let's start with financial independence, because why not? Who doesn't want that, right? What is financial independence, though? Have you thought about it? Why is it important? It's another great question. So I suppose a simple definition of financial independence is to be in a state where you have enough passive income to cover your expenses without having to depend on active employment or working to earn your money in order to maintain your current lifestyle. So that's my working definition of financial independence. Now notice, I did not say you're not working. I just said that you don't have to depend on your active income in order to support your lifestyle. You might love what you do. You might love it enough to do it even if you weren't paid, even if you've already achieved financial independence. Now someone who's financially independent is not reliant on others or for employment to meet your living needs. Instead, you're relying on what you've built up, your assets, your income, to generate the kind of life you want to live. But I believe there are several different layers to financial independence. In fact, I I think it's beneficial not to see financial independence as some sort of state that you've finally reached and achieved, but rather a process or even a journey that you go through. 
I like Tony Robbins's uh, five different levels of financial freedom that he talks about in his book, Money Master the Game. So as I go through these five levels, listen for what you might be aiming for and then chase after it. Play that game. Okay, so the first level in financial freedom is what he calls financial security. So this is where all of your basic needs are covered, including rent, food, utilities, transportation, healthcare, but covered by what? Again, I'm aiming for passive income streams as the gold standard, but if you have to, let your earned income cover these bills until you get streams of income that can replace your day job. So to find out your financial security, it's pretty straightforward. Just take the average of your last three months worth of expenses and add them all up. So this would be your rent, your mortgage, uh, your utilities, food, transportation, any insurance for healthcare. Set aside at least one year emergency fund and you've hit stage one. That's it. Now that might take years or it might take months, but that is financial security stage one. Now, why did we choose one year? Now, most financial planners only say three to six months, but I think honestly, we're heading into a time now as we're recording this, where we're going to need more cash than you've ever needed before. So let's set aside 12 months. Now, does this have to stay in some boring savings account? Of course not. One of my favorite alternative funds for an emergency fund is a bank on yourself type whole life policy. So we'll come back to that soon. The second level in financial freedom is what he calls financial vitality. Now, this includes everything we talked about in the financial security level one, but with extra cash for daily desires like dining out, entertainment, travel, gifts, charity, that sort of thing. So to figure out the financial vitality, please set aside half of your current clothing, dining out, entertainment, maybe some indulgent lattes, like, you know, things like that. Get half of your current gift and expense budget, half of your travel budget each month. And again, the idea is to take half of all these niceties and daily desires and get to a point where you've set aside for one year of those in savings as well. So again, one of my favorite things to do is to use a whole life policy for a storehouse for wealth to reach stage two. Now, your goal is to have half of all your daily desires set aside in some sort of a storage wealth reserve, a warehouse for your wealth, if you will. So that's stage two, financial vitality. Now, the third level is what he calls financial independence. This is where all of your basic needs and all of your daily desires are covered by passive income while you sleep. It's when all of your passive income exceeds your earned income and you're able to stop working if you wish. Now, we have a calculator we use to help folks figure out exactly when they would be financially independent, when they would reach this stage. And it comes down to how much you earn in a month, what your future raise would be, and what your cost of living raises will be, how much you'd be able to save and invest, and when you plan to retire. Now, this calculator helps you calculate exactly what you would need in your financial freedom fund, exactly how old you'll be when you achieve it. it again, it's a really cool little calculator. If you'd like a copy of this calculator, or if you'd like me to help walk through it with you, reach out to us at notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com. And again, click on the request a meeting button and type financial independence calculator into the agenda notes. So I know what to talk about. If it's either me or one of my colleagues who speak with you for 15 minutes for a strategy session to help walk you through this. I mean, imagine how it would feel to know that you're 78% of the way toward financial freedom or whatever the calculator spits out, right? That's so cool. 
Now, financial freedom is the fourth level in our journey here, where all of our basic needs and daily desires are covered by passive income. But in addition, it allows for some significant luxuries to be paid for as well. What about a cabin in the woods? What about a ski condo in the Alps? What are your two or three financial luxury items that you'd be just looking forward to, the bucket list, if you will? Maybe it's a yearly cruise with the entire family. Maybe it's a catamaran on the Florida Keys. What would it take each month to cover a luxury item like that in your future? The fifth and the final level in financial freedom journey is absolute financial freedom, what he calls absolute financial freedom. This is when everything is down to your own choice, your own personal freedom. Truly, anything you want could be acquired through your various investments, assets, cash flow. Now, this does not mean you become a greedy jerk consuming everything and giving away nothing. In fact, it might be that your greatest days of charity are waiting for you at this level of financial freedom, this fifth stage. It could be that you change the world through your philanthropy and you're benefiting your family in ways that change your entire family tree. So let's think about these stages, these five stages, in terms of a journey. It's true, we're all on a journey with our money. In fact, there are five different mileposts along the way. So we've talked about the four stages. Here are five mileposts to help you reach your destination. Now, certainly there's no right or wrong story here that we can tell with our money, but I'd like to suggest that one of the most compelling stories that you can tell with your money is one of a journey. Think of yourself as the hero on a journey toward a financial destination. So just like Odysseus heading back home, money becomes one of your companions on the journey. And each stage along the journey is what we want to talk about in the remainder of this part of the episode. Now, the ultimate destination of your financial journey might be more specific than this, but let's say that the big picture destination of your journey is freedom. Freedom for yourself for your financial life, for your family, even future generations. Freedom. Maybe that word means something to you. Freedom to give to a cause you believe in, or freedom to leave the rat race, or freedom to get your kids through college without going broke, or living a bigger life than you are today. Does your story feel just a bit more epic as you start to think about your freedom journey? Nietzsche said that he who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. Well, that's a good quote. Frodo kept going when almost everything seemed lost because he had a big enough why. Iron Man in the Avengers movies, he sacrificed himself because the universe was in danger, even if it meant losing a life with his wife and his daughter. We all need guides to help us toward our destination. Luke had Obi-Wan. Frodo needed Gandalf. The problem is so many financial planners are shrouded in the same fog that the rest of us are, and sometimes they can be outright destructive toward your financial goals. Imagine if you were following Golem instead of Gandalf. That'd be disastrous. Don't let your financial advisor be a Golem. Look, from what I've seen, for most financial planners, they're content just to keep that fog around you, shrouding your financial journey. So why spend all that time to engage you in storytelling when they have bigger fish to fry? They're too busy fighting their own battles, winning their own story. So I'd like to suggest that many of our clients, and maybe even you, our listener, maybe you want more than just a salesman as your financial professional in your life. So once again, there are five mileposts on the way toward achieving absolute financial freedom. Let's get into it. Number one, base camp. 
Basecamp is the first stage in your financial journey. It's helping you get afloat financially. Having your expenses be less than your income is the first stage toward financial freedom. Now, this might mean reducing your expenses a little bit or increasing your income, and that's about it. You really can only do one of those two things at this stage. So it's like a boat being able to float. You really just have to get your boat above water in this stage of the journey. You can go back to episode 19 where we talk about the four rules of budgeting or go to episode 63 where we talk about Black Friday ninjas uh, to learn more about this stage. This stage is like Neo when he's in the dojo just learning how to fight within the Matrix. It's sort of like Frodo when he's first facing those spooky Nazgul wraiths in the Prancing Pony or it's like Luke Skywalker learning how to lift rocks for the first time in Dagobah. So these basic skills in your financial journey are necessary for you to really advance past the first stage. You cannot advance past go until you've collected at least $200, hopefully a lot more than that, in your savings account. Of course, referencing Monopoly there, right? You really cannot advance past go until you've collected at least $200. So many people think that they can just ignore their budget and not keep track of their income. And I'm telling you guys, it just won't work. Parkinson's law of finance says that your expenses will always rise to meet your income. This means that your raise that you got last month will be gobbled up by unnecessary expenses this month. It means we have to get clear on our budgeting. We have to be honest with our money. And we have to follow the four rules of budgeting that we talk about in episode 19. So the second milestone in our journey here is to invest in yourself. The next stage in your financial journey toward absolute financial freedom is to invest in your greatest investment, which is your greatest asset, which is you. You are your greatest asset. The more you can invest in your education, your health, family, spirituality, or even just your capacity to earn an income, the better the rest of your financial journey will be. And you'll, like others, be on the way toward reaching, achieving financial freedom. So don't just build up a bunch of money for yourself. You'll blow it and you'll return back down to the previous net worth that your mind believes that you deserve. In fact, don't just prepare the money for yourself. You have to really prepare yourself for the money. No one will float passively toward success. You have to do it intentionally. You have to become a better version of yourself in order to reach the goals and then maintain those goals once you've achieved them. So do you have an idea of what you want to be doing, let's say a year from now? Are you able to perceive what a better version of yourself might look like? If you can't perceive of it, if you can't see yourself in a better state, how do you expect to be in a different place a year from now than you are right now? So here are three and a half questions to ask yourself to move forward on this stage in the journey. Number one, what is the greatest challenge you're facing right now? Number two, what have you tried in the past? Number three, what are you going to do next? And here's the half question, maybe the most important one. Here it is. By when? What are you going to do next? By when? So important. You are your greatest investment. So the better and more efficient you are, and the more effective you are, the further you can go in your journey. The third milepost is liquidity. Okay? So liquids keep us hydrated, help us on our journey, Unfortunately, too many people are running dry as they race toward the summit. They'll keel over before they get there. 
most people's financial life does not have buckets of liquid funds to help cover them in the event of an emergency or if they stumble across a great investment opportunity. Basecamp, that was the first milestone there, Basecamp taught us that we need to budget. And saving in liquid form is just another form of budgeting. It's for your future self, budgeting your future. So too many people have a financially unstable pyramid. I guys, I want you to imagine an upside down pyramid teetering and wobbling on its point with the heavy and wide base wobbling and teetering on the brink of falling over. This is the visual image of most people's financial lives. They keep pennies in their liquid savings accounts, whether it's their bank account or their cash value life insurance, and then they put all their money at risk, whether it's in their 401k, stock account, or their home equity. It's all at risk. It's all unavailable to them. It's not liquid to them. So who does this benefit, this strategy? Who does this benefit? Of course, it benefits the people who can manage their assets, like their Wall Street guy or gal, the banks, the mortgage companies, that sort of thing. So this is how most people spend their lives, like an upside-down pyramid or like a spinning top. Half of Americans could not cover an emergency expense of just $400, according to the Federal Reserve report that came out. Now, is that really enough to help us reach our total, true, absolute financial freedom destination? Of course not. Without a cash reserve, our only option would be to beg a banker to pull equity out of our house or to put more on credit cards or to take out personal loans, to sell our stuff, to withdraw from retirement accounts. None of those sound fun to me. So why not build a financially stable pyramid with a wide, broad, strong foundation full of liquid funds, safe liquid funds, as we go up our financial pyramid, continually building a larger and larger base at the bottom while taking more and more risk toward the top of the pyramid with smaller portions of cash. Now, what are they? Top, top part of our pyramid might be speculative investments, stocks. The middle of the pyramid might be you know, money market funds, real estate, annuities. The bottom of the pyramid might be savings accounts, whole life insurance, money market accounts, that sort of thing. Now, Tim Austin, who's a mentor of mine, he refers to this as the 10-10-10 rule, where we set aside 10% of our income for short-term needs, 10% of our income for medium-term, and 10% of our income for long-term needs. So that's 30% of your money saved every month. Now, if that sounds impossible, you can work up to it. You can work up to it. So start with the 2-2-2 plan if you need to, but work up to the 10-10-10 plan as soon as you can. Now, if you've gotten to this point in your financial journey toward financial freedom, you might be asking yourself this question. Now that I'm saving, now that I can save, where do I save it? Again, there's a number of places you can save money, store money. Everywhere we put our money makes it act differently. And we want to make sure it's going into the right places to accomplish our goals. And obviously, there are typical places we can stash our cash. Obviously, there's under the mattress, CDs, savings accounts, money market accounts. Each of those definitely serve a purpose. Each of those have positives and considerations to factor in. For example, a CD, which are looking more attractive these days as of this recording, most everyone I talk to when I discuss CDs, they don't understand or they don't remember that the returns that they get on that CD are taxable every single year. So if you're in a 5% CD, let's say, you're being taxed on that 5%. So after taxes are factored in, you might only be earning 3.5% off that CD. 
And that money, of course, in the CD is locked up for what might be years until that CD matures. Otherwise, you'll face penalties. Now, if you'd like to hear my favorite alternative to a CD, listen to episode 280, where we talk about MIGAs and how interest rates on MIGAs are dramatically rising as of this recording. Another less known way to stash cash is to set up a true bank on yourself designed dividend paying whole life insurance policy. It's a hybrid. It's a blend of life insurance and savings. It provides a permanent insurance that benefits your whole life, forgive the pun, and it earns compound interest at higher rates typically than other ordinary oh-so-average savings alternatives out there. Now, if we design this properly, there are no taxes due either on the growth while it remains in the contract or via withdrawals against the basis or loans against the gains, all of which can be taken out tax-free under the tax law. And maybe the most important advantage to this particular type of savings, this whole life insurance strategy, is the second element that we're going to be focused on in today's episode. Remember, we're going through two elements. The first was financial freedom. So now let's take a minute to get over to collateralization. So we're going to make a quick detour on our financial elements here, and then we'll return back to the final two milestones of financial independence. So when it comes to these bank-on-yourself design policies, we can use the concept known as collateralization. Again, that's our second element in our periodic table for our episode today. Now, one of the most powerful ways to catapult yourself into higher and higher levels of financial freedom is collateralization. That's why these two elements, financial independence and collateralization, are coupled together on today's episode. And it just gives me goosebumps to think about. Now, bank on yourself designed policies allow us to borrow 85 or 90% of our cash value at any time for any reason at typically below market rates. And when we do this, our cash value is simply being used as collateral meaning we did not remove the cash value of our policy, which is our asset, which is our cash value. It's still within the contract and it's still growing as if it had never been borrowed. Now this has unbelievable ramifications as compound growth is much preferred to continuously breaking compound growth over any length of time, but especially over a lifetime. In other words, if you gave me a four or 5% rate of return that never stopped, or you could offer me, let's say, an 8 or 9% rate of return that I was constantly breaking to buy my car or to go on a vacation or to spend in retirement, yes, I would choose the lower rate of return if it was uninterrupted over the constant breaking of a higher rate of return. And we've done the math on that. Collateralization is the only way in which we can have our cake and eat it too. I mean, really, why have cake if you can't eat it? Can someone please explain that to me? Why have cake if you can't eat it? Collateralization allows us to have our cake, which is the uninterrupted, continuous, ever more efficient compound growth of our wealth each and every year with a contractual guarantee built into the life insurance contract. And through the policy loan, one of the most amazing elements in the financial universe, the life insurance policy loan, we're allowed to have our cake and eat it too, which means we're able to borrow against our cash value and make that major purchase that we need, whether it's our kid's college or our business investment or a down payment on a home. Now, borrowing from a policy deserves its own episode 
And you can listen all about it in episode 32 and listen for an upcoming episode here in a few weeks. We're going to dive into how policy loans work and how they're working today. So the fourth milestone in our journey toward financial independence is to take this concept of collateralization beyond making consumer purchases like cars and vacations and the like. Yes, it's important that we have collateralization established in our financial journey before we proceed from this stage in our journey. The next stage is to, step four, invest in things that you can understand and control. Now at this point, if you're not a business owner in the journey, I'd recommend you become one at this stage. Being a business owner is one of the most time-tested means by which you can become financially successful. Now this does not mean you need to quit your day job. Your business, for example, might be getting a rental property or two. And by using the concept of collateralization, which is now embedded nicely into your periodic table through your policies, you can borrow against your life insurance policy and invest in the things that you know and can control. So I recommend investing in things that you can understand and control because most of the time, Wall Street would prefer that you keep things in their control and in financial products that only they can understand. This is the result we find ourselves in today. Most people are waking up into their story of money 45 minutes in, and we're being told to shovel all the money we can, all that we can possibly do, and to scrimp and save, to give it all to an investment manager who will make them pay retail price and give them substandard rates of return and results in the market. Or maybe you're really into real estate, or maybe your thing is rare comic books. Whatever you can understand and control, take the money you've been packing into liquid assets like bank on yourself type whole life policies and put it to work. You cannot get to this stage in your financial journey before shoveling money into liquid accounts. Some people say don't start investing until you have at least a three to six month emergency fund. But like I said earlier, I recommend a whole lot more in cash before you start stage four. Let's say a hundred thousand bucks at least. Maybe it's a year's supply of cash to cover 12 months of unemployment. Now, again, this is not just an emergency fund. This would be your opportunity fund. So how big of an opportunity do you want to take advantage of? If you're constantly opening up brokerage accounts for a hundred bucks here and a crypto account for 50 bucks over there, you're never going to get ahead. So the fifth and file milepost on your way to financial independence is to create multiple streams of passive income. Using this process of collateralization, you're making purchases of real estate with your bank on yourself design policy via the policy loan feature, and you're getting continuous compound growth all along the way and making smart choices with your policy to buy streams of passive income. That's right. You go from tributaries to streams to rivers. It all flows down to the ocean. Maybe you bake cookies as your business. Could you offer online courses on baking? That's a related stream of passive income. Or maybe you're an accountant in your day job. Could you offer budget counseling at night? Maybe you're a real estate agent. Could you invest in real estate yourself? So just ask yourself, what could you do to add one more stream? Does not have to be complex. So again, those five mileposts are one, base camp. Get past your expenses and earn more than you spend. Number two, invest in yourself. Number three, create giant liquid reservoirs of cash. Number four, invest in what you know and can control. And number five, multiple streams of income. These are the core stages in your financial journey. But guys, realize this is not the entire journey. 
these five steps would certainly get you a long ways away from where you start. And each milepost is actually kind of a summit of itself. I hope you'll celebrate when you reach step one, two, three, four, and of course five. And you have to continuously climb these over and over again to master them. I've met people who got to multiple streams of income only to fall down because they spent more than they make. You can always outspend any income. So for example, another mile marker on your journey beyond what we've talked about today is to have the ability to teach, to mentor someone else what you've learned about your money. Maybe you become the guide. Luke Skywalker started out as the young Padawan, but in the most recent Star Wars movies, he now is the guide to young Rey. And they say that you really don't know something until you've taught it to somebody else. So maybe for you, your story will include teaching your tribe or your children or a couple of friends, or maybe you have a podcast or a book within you waiting to be shared with the world. So there might also be other mile markers that we didn't cover, like transferring everything you own to the next generation. There's going to be many chapters in the story that come after ours. How could we give to our children well? How do we advance the causes that we believe in? This could be the climax of your story, not the resolution. The end of your story is not the end, but the beginning of a brand new chapter. So we would love to help you write your story. I'd be honored to be your guide as you journey through your greatest financial adventure. There is no second draft in your life. This is it. So how are you writing your story? What you write down in your story today becomes one page. How many pages have you got left to write? No matter how your story with money has gone so far, we can craft an incredible rest of your story today. Reach out to us and schedule a 15-minute appointment to find out just how exciting this story can be. You can go to notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com, click on Request a Meeting. Now, Thank you guys for joining me. And remember, next week is our last week in our mini-series, and I cannot wait. We're going to be talking about some of our favorite and maybe the most important elements so far. So please stay tuned. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join the financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.